780-743-9399. Sound Obsessions. That's the jingle right there. That's our new Fuck jingle. It. Yeah, that's real. we'll make up a jingle for him. We don't got to do an ad. Let's no, it's the year 2012. Mm-bop. 2012. And you know what happens in 2012? We get rid of all the fucking wires. That's what happens in 2012. <laughs> No, seriously, like I've been, I've been keeping up. Look at with this desk, though. Look at the, like this. Shh, people don't see. It's theater of the mind. People, okay, right. people can't see these wires. All right. But um, just uh, to go over it again, uh, Sound Obsessions has what's known as Control Four, which is Control, control for your home. Exactly. What does that mean exactly? It means that all the electronic devices, audio, video devices in your home, can be integrated into one super massive audio visual experience. It's your house becomes like a theater. an experience. You're cooking like chicken, fucking, and it's like you're in the middle of Transformers Three. Lasers are going off. All of a sudden, some Pink Floyd just starts playing out of Dark Side of the Moon. That's right? Yeah, probably cooking some weed there. <laughs> so cooking up some. Crack. But no, they've got some great stuff. In fact, I mean, uh, honestly, um, you had a catastrophic failure this uh, this week, and if. If Matt's help is any indication of how Sound Obsession's level of services, you guys are in good hands. Seriously. That's right. 780-743-9399. Just rolls oh, off is, the tongue, doesn't it? Does, it? That's a great Just jingle. like Control 4 will roll into your home and just take care <laughs> of it. Literally, out of nowhere. It'll just you knock on your door. Ch- you don't have time to raise your children. Just get Control 4 and the kids can just do whatever they want. <laughs> Play with the house. The house will be their parents. Just put like, I don't See, know, an apron around meaning, the television. It gives new meaning to the term your TV is the babysitter. Just put them in front of the Control 4 panel and just watch the show go on. Yeah, and, and you know what? Just like just like everything else with our generation, our kids are going to be super damn smart and they're going to be like, why don't you have Control 4, Mom? <laughs> Fuck you, Mom! Why don't but you have Control, have control 4? 4? I'm heading to Jimmy's house. you don't house. want your kid to swear at you, you will get Control 4 through Sound <laughs> Obsessions. Because you know what? Kids are swearing earlier and earlier these days. Last, I just came in tonight and Kingston, I could have I sworn I heard, I was taking a piss in your washroom and I heard, Fuck you, Tito. From the other room <laughs> He just sensed your presence Pretty much A presence I've felt If you face. had Control 4 You'd have a television In his room right now Streaming some Dora the Explorer Or what's his name Diego Diego Dora They're all the fucking same. Exactly So what we're trying to say is It's not It's not really a toy As it is a tool It's gonna help you It's You know Holy shit This weekend Okay this actually We're gonna get into During, during the podcast During the podcast During right these now. holidays During these holidays I had to call Shaw Cable a fucking Christmas day. Why? Because my fucking Wi-Fi was conflicting with our router. And you know what? Then next thing I had to set up all my devices all over again. But you know what? If I had had Control 4, which you know, I'm going to call Matt after this. <laughs> if I had set up Control 4, that would have taken maybe two seconds. Instead, it took my entire evening and I didn't get as much turkey as I wanted. Like, to be honest here, like the more we do promos for Sound Obsessions, the more I get, I'm actually thinking like... Like, there's a lot in this daily life that they can just eliminate. Like, even my mom the other day was just like, you know, that what that, that place that you do on your ads and your podcast? Like, they can get rid of remotes, right? Because my mom has, like, eight remotes for their TV. Yeah. She wants to get rid of that. I told Matt, I said, call up Maddie. Like, one o'clock in the morning, call up Sound Obsessions. He'll show up. The, they'll, yeah, they'll come right to your door. Yeah. And install some control for it. So what's that phone number again, Todd? 780-743-9399. Sound Obsessions. Sales at soundobsessions.ca. Twitter at soundobsessions. Facebook.com slash soundobsessions. They're everywhere. They're all over us. They're all over you. Get in bed with Control 4. It's Control for For your your home. home. (laughs) Am I on now? Are we live? We're live and ready to go? All right. Episode two of the live podcast. Hit it, Maddie. 
Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Fort Mac. gentlemen welcome to the ymm podcast and of course i am todsky welcome to the second round of the lime of the live stream shows and uh, unfortunately no tito here today uh, he was down uh, rockany film fest in edmonton uh pimping out another one of his great great movies all of which you can check out at hypertonicmedia.com there you go tito and uh the great stuff you can check out there but with me i got a lot of other great, great people. Who do we got at our secret location today? Uh, hey, it's Steve Reeve here. It's Ashley St. Croix. And Mike Allen. And Ashley Ashcake Squiggle. That's right. So we got some great, great guests, some special guests. Uh, Mike, Ashley, thank you very much for coming here. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be, like I said, at a secret location. We are not in Dining Room Table Studios today. So a uh, couple ground rules to go over just before we, we kickstart this show. Uh, we are live. This is a live show, so anything can and most likely will happen. Last time, we even had a pizza guy show up. So, And we didn't order it. <laughs> no, they're just like, it's Todd. We, I sense you need something. We must go to his house. Uh, so it's a live show. Anything can and will happen. You're going to hear dog, dogs bark. Uh, you're going to hear me swear. Uh, tell you that right off the bat. Uh, and honestly, please don't take it to heart. Mike. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a live show. Keep that in mind, and uh, we want to make the show very interactive as well. Ashley, if you can kind of give us a rundown of exactly how people can get involved with their show. Um, I'm actually just posting it on Twitter right now. But if you tweet us using the hashtag, sorry, if you tweet us using the hashtag Safe Sixty Three, and also mention YMM Podcast, as well as over on our Facebook page, which is Facebook.com/slash/YMMPodcast, and if you head over to YMMPodcast.com, like it's pretty easy to find us. You can just Google us, even if you need to, and I'm sure we'll <laughs> pop up somewhere. But yeah, head on over, ask the questions, and I'll do what I can to get them answered for you. Yeah, with the live chat going on, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got live chat we as well. We got the absolute wonderful live chat that was the bane of our existence, <laughs> but the absolute best part of our, our last live show. And we're going to make this a call-in show too. This is going to be one of the most intricate parts of the show to get your voice heard on the famous YMM podcast. Uh, if you want to actually come in, ask a Mike or any of us a question, try to get in on the discussion. Very simple to do so. You got to email us at onair at ymmpodcast.com. Email us your question, email us your phone number, and our excellent uh, email interactive expert, Eileen, will uh, chat with you, get you, and of course, uh, once you're put into the queue, we don't know quite know when we're going to do it, it's probably going to be towards the end of the show, uh, we will actually call you, and then you will be on the air chatting with us. 
but like I said, this is a interactive show with us, but it's also interactive with the community. Last time, uh, part of the uh, Ustream chat that went over really well was not just kind of interacting with us, but interacting with each other. We want the community to talk about the follow-ups to Highway 63 because there's been a lot of developments since we had our last show about about a month and a half ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So we want everyone to be talking to each other. We want everyone to be talking to us. We just want to get the community uh, involved with this whole issue because the biggest thing that we're going to talk about is we're going to give uh, Mr. Mike Allen a hand getting his report together. And we're going to give him some uh, uh, community input of what uh, the people are thinking. Absolutely. You know, thanks a lot for that because that's really what this is all about is getting as much engagement as we can. We're we're engaging with a lot of stakeholders. We're engaging with a lot of engineers, experts, uh, um, and, and all all factions, r- right from uh, dealing with the infrastructure itself to uh, safety, enforcement, and the financing, how we're going to pay for it. Of course. So there, it's, it's multi-faction. But really, at the end of the day, what this is all about is making Highway 63 a safer road all our residents and visitors alike to to travel down exactly because I, I think we kind of covered that in the last podcast where it's a multi-pronged attack it's, it's not just be. it's not just going to be one the 20 20 if and when it's going to happen it's not just going to be the be all to end all it's, it's going to be a lot of different factors that are essentially going to make highway 63 safe for all right it's not just going to be one key aspect it's going to be numerous discussions it's going to be numerous like you said enforcements it's going to be a lot of engagements with the with the drivers themselves right and it, it's going to take a long Hopefully not too long, but a long time to get the whole package together and ready to be seen, uh, witnessed by people that there is a change on the highway. Absolutely. I mean, just from the feedback that I've gotten, it's it's already starting to change habits. And uh, we can see out there that people are more aware of what they're doing on the road. They're holding people accountable for what others are doing on the road. And, uh, you know, exactly. It's not just the twinning. Uh, Like a lot of people have expressed concern that, you know, once you twin it, it becomes a speedway. Well, that's the attitude change that we need to put forward in our community that that's not acceptable here. Yeah. We don't do that. No, absolutely. And that's a very good point. Uh, Before we get too deep into it, let's uh, let's just go a little bit of a flashback. Uh, Basically, the last podcast, I think, was just after uh, the election. And uh, my congratulations to become in the MLA for uh, for McMurray Wood Buffalo. And uh, so take us kind of take us back to what happened since the election and, and the whole announcement as a special advisor. Like that must have been a whirlwind couple of weeks for you, really. Well, I mean, it's been a whirlwind couple of weeks, right, since the day of the election. And, and it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, I've, I've been involved in, uh, in the community. I've been involved in, in different political type ventures without really trying to venture into the uh, as actually being a politician. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Joan and I were out taking down signs still. We, we had just finished the election. It was the night before um, the tragedy that occurred on the 27th. And uh, I think I commented to a lot of my friends then. I really didn't think I'd be hated until after I was sworn in. But I mean, we're we're we're, we're, we're going through a phase where, um, for for that period of time, where it uh, uh, really was just about getting organized, getting things put together. It was all very new still, and suddenly we were completely inundated, and uh, and the community was was. Oh, I mean, it, it, we were all struck. Yeah. By this, uh, by this tragedy, it is all hard. So, uh, I, you know, we we went down to uh, uh, Don Scott, uh, my, my my colleague and my good friend. Uh, we were both elected, and our very first trip to Edmonton was on May the first. So, very shortly after this accident, and uh, we were, went down for just a brief uh, orientation session at the legislature. And uh, that afternoon, 
Um, we were we were sitting in orientation when I got a, a message from the deputy premier saying, "So we need you." Uh, uh, in the premier's office at such such a time, uh, so so if I was to go back even further to October, uh, when the premier made her first after she became the premier, when she when when Premier Redford uh, made her first trip to Fort McMurray, one of the first things she said in her address was, "We need to accelerate the twinning of Highway 63," yep. and the crowd clapped. And when they were done, she said, "And I can hardly wait till that no longer gets an applause." This was something that we we worked on through the campaign. It was a, it was an issue. It was something that we wanted to see done. It was a focus for both Don and myself. And uh, you know, well, I mean, this this when the accident happened, it just put a couple more exclamation points behind it. Yeah, so about it, and, eight more. And it certainly has accelerated things. It's gotten the the attention uh, not only across the province but across the country. Um, we have support uh, every direction we look at. Um, you know, when you step into the legislature and we get into question period, uh, uh, usually the opposition are the ones that would uh, uh, hammer you on anything you say or anything you do. Uh, the, the opposition uh, parties are, in fact, very much in support of seeing this come to fruition as well. So Excellent. I think we're going to see a unified approach. The key thing when um, and it was it was a bit of a surprise to me as well when the premier announced uh, this appointment. Um, really, I, I had no idea, but I understand why she did it. Was to bring a local content to it. It was yeah. to bring um, some focus to the project, and it was to uh, uh, really demonstrate that there is a serious commitment from this government and from all of us to to make it a safe highway yeah. and to and to finish the twinning of that highway. And it was interesting because I believe I, I think I speak for a lot of people that uh, during the announcement for the appointments for the ministers, we were all kind of watching it very closely because we wanted to see uh, there was the big rumor that oh that someone from Fort McMurray is going to get the, the transportation minister right we were kind of everyone was kind of watching it with, with open eyes saying all right what kind of representation is Fort McMurray going to get within the cabinet and it, we did we uh, Don Scott got an associate minister position but everyone was just like who I know I can't speak for everyone but I know me was like who's Rick McIver <laughs> who's this guy right and it actually got me looking into his profile a lot more because that's one of the hot issue topics before McMurray and has been for years is infrastructure transportation in the city right when it comes down to the thickwood and uh, confed overpassage which a lot of the people hit up the city for which no that falls under the alberta flag right and then of course highway 63 so it, it was as soon as we seen the announcement for for the ministers and we're like okay well there's no Fort McMurray representation too much in the transportation. And it wasn't, what, not even a week after that, you got the, the appointment for the special advisor's position. And that's where finally we get some a, a local voice to kind of help out with uh, Rick in his new position. Well, and, and you know, you're always going to have a local voice there, regardless of what positions we're going to have. And we made that commitment. We're gonna, we're, we, we tend to follow up on it. Um, and and I, we heard a lot. I mean, I was here in Fort McMurray and Don was down in Edmonton. Um, he got the word the night before that he was getting an appointment. Um, but uh, let's be clear, I was also appointed to the Treasury Board. And these were significant, uh, I think, for two rookie MLAs Absolutely. going into the legislature. Yeah. Um, and when I when I looked around at all of the cabinet positions, the Premier decided I uh, had uh, downsized the cabinet someone, uh, somewhat, and she merged a few of the departments. Yeah. So seniors is now under health. And um, the biggest one, I think, was when they took uh, sustainable resource development and uh, environment and merged them into one department. That's a huge role. Yeah. But every single person, including and, and Rick McIver, I mean, he he uh, was almost successful running for mayor in the last election for the uh, yeah. city of Calgary. Um, uh, a very bright man, a businessman, and, he, and no nonsense, yeah. let me tell you. 
Um, uh, these are people that are were put in those positions because they were the best suited to fit those roles. Yep. None of them were political appointments, and I, I uh, uh, I'm very proud to say that uh, I'm serving in a government like that. So. Really, this is our chance to to get as much work as we can done uh, in a short period of time, mm. and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very happy. Hell, I'm still looking for the bathrooms in the <laughs> legislature, but it's, uh, so it's a it's a big learning curve, and no, uh, we've got a lot of work to do. And like you you nailed it on the head by saying two rookie like it's a very big step for two rookie MLAs, and that's an excellent like it's an excellent step too. Let alone you representing a very vibrant and very very big community, you're also taking the next step as in. Uh, sorry, you took out the, I totally forgot about the treasury position. You are one of I'm a member of the treasury board. So oh, okay, there's a 13 right. member board, yeah. uh, of which four members are MLAs. So, oh, okay. uh, so really Don and I, uh, as rookie MLAs got, uh, two of the 32 positions that were, um, uh, appointed oh. that day. So that's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of other MLAs that, uh, uh we're all serving on committees as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Busy times. <laughs> they are indeed. <laughs> The, uh, Ashley, take us through what you've been like. For those that don't know, you were one of the organizers of the whole Twin Sixty Three movement, and you had that very successful rally that happened. Yeah. What was it? A week after the, the big accident on the twenty seventh, I believe, right? Yeah, it was on. Uh, it was on May fifth, and uh, I mean, it's been a whirlwind. It's absolutely been a whirlwind. Uh, just something that happened in a studio, just like this kind of idea. Uh, you know, a bunch of friends sitting around talking. I'm sure conversations that everybody's had. Uh, you know, another accident, another tragedy, you know, more lives lost, you know, what can we do about it? And the challenge, you know, came across, well, why don't you do something about it? And so we started the Facebook page. Um, I started the Facebook page. And then within hours, there were hundreds of people involved in it. And then Nicole, uh, she stepped forward and said, you know, I, I want to help out with this cause. Uh, she's, you know, born and raised in Fort McMurray. And and two people, literal strangers, you know, banded together and and worked tirelessly. Oh, you to didn't know each other before. We did not know each other. Oh, wow. No, and that's I meant to tell that at the rally, and I, I forgot all about it. It was just such a hectic day, yeah. but it just goes to show that how dedicated the community is, and how dedicated people are to get this highway twinned and and to make these roads safer. So Nicole and I, you know, Skype. That's how we uh, <laughs> that's how we got to know each other and work together on this and. We set up the website, you know, twin63now.ca, and we put together the rally, which exactly, it was extremely successful. I think it was a, a great venue for people to vent their emotions, for people to, to grieve together, for people to come together and feel like, you know, there's a collective voice. Yeah. Um, and then since then, we've just been working on different ideas, you know, involved in the stakeholder meetings with Mike uh, to be able to, you know, put that community uh, word in there as much as we can. Um, you've got Annie Lilerv out there, you know, circulating her petitions, and it's just it's been amazing. Which I see everywhere now. Like I know mm-hmm. I was in like four or five different spots just over the weekend, and, yeah. they're, and they're they're there. So yeah, it's a she's great been job everywhere. on her on her part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's been everywhere. She's got lots of support coming in from different people. You know, uh, wanting to print them off and get them out on sites and get them in stores. They're they're from here to Edmonton. They're in grasslands. They're everywhere. Yeah. So I spoke with her yesterday, and there's almost a. I think she was estimating about 4,000 signatures at this point. So what about the one we've been signing online, though? Like that uh, that online one was at 20,000, too. Like it, yeah. it, there's definitely has been the numbers, mm-hmm. these types of petitions. And obviously, like the, the, the support is there. Oh, absolutely. As Mike was saying, too, like it, everyone, like it made national news, that whole the last accident, the numerous whole times. issue numerous times. Yeah. Uh, Teresa Wells, my McMusing's blog, that particular open letter to, to the premier was that, 
I don't even, I can't remember she how many hits. She was at 20,000 on the day of the, of the rally. Yeah. So, so that like, was a month it's ago. probably at umpteenth thousand now, right? Like it, it's, so clearly this is an issue. Well, and it just goes to show the diversity of, of Fort Mac too, right? Like you got people from all over the country that's affected by this region because they've been here at one point or another, or they're still connected to the region, right? And yeah. So the rally, total success. I unfortunately couldn't be there. Total I was actually success. driving, uh, I was actually driving home. Uh, from Edmonton during the rally on 63, which was rather interesting. But I know, Steve, you were there. Yeah, no, I was there. I was trying to tweet as much as I could about the event as it was happening and try and get some of the quotes from the stage and and uh, just sort of keep people that... I, I thought it was very important uh, how many people showed up, but for every person that was there, I'm sure there's got to be at least a dozen that wanted to be, that yeah. just couldn't because of different... Um, well, you know, obligations, yeah. work, whatever, family. Uh, and so I wanted to try and get the word out there as much as I could. I have to say the most, uh, through an entire event that was completely moving from start to finish, there's the demonstration at the end that's really stuck with me. And I keep having visual sort of flashbacks to that. Yeah, where that, we, where that was uh, amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic to see uh, where uh, the ages, the different generations of people were asked to lay down on the ground. Uh, one you know, generation group by generation group, one age group. Uh, by the next and you know by the end of it everybody's laying down and it kind of just represents not only how many people are affected but how many different types of people are affected by yeah. tragedies on that road yeah yeah i mean that Diversity. was that was an impact mm-hmm. i think even for us i mean we sat at a kitchen table the night before at you know 1 a.m trying to figure out okay it's been a week um we just met yesterday face to face you know <laughs> what's going to be the layout of this event and i think it's important to say that you know we had a layout, uh, you know, just kind of a rough idea of how it was going to go, but it was completely community driven. So we had, uh, you know, two, three people that we knew were committed to speak. Uh, we had, you know, Mackenzie Wallace and, and a couple of his friends that were performing the song. And uh, then it just spiraled into, you know, we were being approached, uh, Dion Lefebvre, to mm-hmm. show up there and walk speak. up, shake speak. our hands yeah. and, you know, want to speak on stage and, and get his word out there. And it was just, it was it was an emotional roller coaster for us, you know, it was. standing there touching. It was you dry eyes in the oh, field yeah. that day. Absolutely. Yeah. So like I said, uh, on behalf of all of the, the people of Fort Mac, thank you for organizing that and in particular, but what's next on the menu? Like what have you guys been up to since the rally? And- so since the rally, it's been a lot of, um, you know, discussions, seeing where people are at, you know, we had that kind of, I call it almost like a venting day. You know, we all got to vent and venting day. I think yeah, it's been it was, venting hours. Well, yeah. It's been weeks and months. Um, <laughs> But I think a lot of it since then has been communicating with people, getting their stories, you know, finding out what the different ideas are. Because, I mean, I have my own. Nicole has hers. We bounce those off each other. And we're two very different people. So I think it works very well. Mm. Um, But then there's also, you know, everyone else in the community. So, you know, the ideas of everything that comes up in the news. So the tolls were a big thing. Um, You know, we talked about that. And a lot of people let their commentary come in on that. You know, they agree, they disagree. And, And just running with the different ideas and being able to have the venue to feed that back to Mike and and to be able to get that word out there for the people that are communicating it to us. Yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely utilizing, you know, the Facebook page still that was still active. Uh, it's it's kind of down now, but uh, our web page is Twin 63 Now and the Twitter is Twin 63 Now. Mm. So all the other accounts are not ours. Just want to clarify that. Um, but we do monitor the Please Twin 63 page and. That's pretty much what we've been doing is just monitoring that stuff and kind of streamlining it and being able to feed as much of that information back to Mike for his recommendations and also being able to um, to kind of help be a sounding board for people. And then coming up in the future, um, we're looking at a few different things we're going to try and do. 
Um, one of them definitely being a memorial. I know I, we, I mentioned that the other day. So and a lot of people are very passionate about putting something out there, mm. you know, a place, safe place to stop and, you know, to pay respects to those who've lost their lives on the highway. Um, so looking into stuff like that, I've been working with some web designers and stuff about uh, possibly an app we might be doing. Oh, wow. So it's beyond it's my the ideas are technical expertise yeah. but there's lots of ideas and people are feeding us ideas all the time so well that's the one thing about actually engaging the community which is one of the things that we want to do with this show so just to put it out there again uh email us or email us and we can actually get you linkedin and speaking on the show on air at ymmpodcast.com uh, give us what you want to talk about your question and give us your phone number and we will be able to uh, call you and you can come on the air and speak with uh Myself, Steve, Mike, and the two Ashleys. <laughs> the um, no, and that's one thing I find with community engagement is you'll never know a step you've missed, a, a, an angle that you never thought of, some some great idea that that you never even that never even crossed your mind. And that's one thing about talking with various people. But there's always that limit. You can have the chats, but when does when do you draw the line where chats turn into like? Uh, do I call it belligerence? I guess because like yeah. quite literally at the liquor store the other day, the um, there was that petition. Uh, I was, there was a petition for the uh, for the twin sixty three. So I signed it, and the guy beside me, like as I'm still gathering my stuff to head out, a guy behind me was signing, and he started going on ranting and raving about how the oil sand should pay for it, and it'll be done like yesterday. So I just commented. I was saying I really don't think that's the case, and it literally just exploded from that point where like the guy started yelling, and I was just like. Total dare you. Well, total me. I'm just like, yeah, you're right, sir. And then walked away. <laughs> yeah. Facebook's <laughs> a little safer. <laughs> a little the power safer of the keyboard, that. right? Yeah. But like I said, like community engagement could very quickly turn into a, a, a very, very heated debate, which like I said, uh, some positives could come from it. And sometimes it's, you're literally fighting around in circles or so people have told me anyway. The snipe shooting going on. <laughs> the snipe yeah. shooting? Yeah. Just uh, with people that sort of uh, everybody's got their own idea about exactly how it can be fixed and yeah i mean here at the table i think we all agree it's kind of we got to feel it out it's multi-pronged approach we got to figure out just exactly what the steps should be taken but some people have it set in their mind that this will fix it or that will fix it and it's going to be hard to change those minds and it's just that's what i meant by snipe shooting oh, okay it yeah. just they pick up one thing in particular and say well the oil sands should pay for it or we should toll it or we shouldn't toll it or you know well out of the year and a half i've been doing this show i've, I've kind of hopefully i've tried to evolve myself into the more opinions and, and the more open mind your the more open your mind is, mm-hmm. the kind of the better the solution can be, right? But sometimes I got to remind myself of that. Well, it's I mean, there's a difference between uh, you know sort of getting a lot of minds involved and coming up with the best uh, idea or best series of ideas, and then there's a difference between too many cooks spoiling the soup, right? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. For Actually, every idea, for every idea that comes out, there's ten more or hundred more standing the sidelines with a different idea that, that think is better. better. So <laughs> it it, it you can make some of the people happy some of the time and, and yeah. uh, it, really it's a matter of evaluating them all because there's always a reason why one is better than another. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you completely. I mean, there's a difference between saying what will work and, and, and making people happy versus doing something and actually having a difference made on the highway. I mean, I, I care less about making people happy than I do about making the highway safe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and very good point, right? Like, Dynamite point. And we try and steer in that direction as much as possible in terms of as, um, you know, there's there's always going to be criticism. Uh, there's always going to be differing opinions. There's always going to be exactly that. Someone who thinks their idea is better than the next. But I think you take it right back to the base roots. And the fact that we're discussing it in this magnitude is in itself an educational experience. 
So I think that, you know, even if we're debating it and I, and I try and steer people, you know, I encourage people to have their own opinions. I mean, we've always been encouraged to be individuals, to be unique. Um, I definitely encourage them to have their own opinions, but as respectful as possible towards each other as we can Mm -hmm. to make sure that our our voices are effectively heard. Because if we're going to sit there and and spin circles and fight and bicker, we're not going to get anywhere. But I think, you know, a lot of people, the majority, so it's, it's more productive than it is in hindrance. Um, but I think that, you know, you're definitely going to get that no matter what I've had, you know, people yeah. say to me, it's too soon. It's only been a week when we were doing the rally, but I think when it came down to it, you know, I'm strong headed. Best time to it, do it, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and there were good reasons why yeah. not to do it at that point as well. And I respect each of those opinions. We chose to continue to do it. Um, but I mean, I think I, I still want to encourage as much of that conversation as possible, you know, keep people talking about it. And that means that, you know, that's one more person that's paying attention to what they're doing when they're yeah. out there, right? And and they're getting the word out there and they're bringing in more support and everything just as respectfully as we possibly mm-hmm. can, right? I was going to say, Ashley Kiwi, what yes. do we got going on? I'm seeing on? a lot being written down here. Okay. I'm curious to know what's <laughs> so, going on in the chat. It's Are we funny. hot? Is the, is the action live and fierce it, online? It really is. Um, it's funny because someone just said, are the moderators even listening to what we're saying or is this just a way for us to communicate with each other? <laughs> and then... Um, Matt from behind me was like, Ash Cakes is furiously taking notes as I'm like scribbling. <laughs> like, there's I, pages here. Let's get into I this. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to like read this, but um, one, we have, we had a couple of hits before the show even started um, on the Wyoming podcast Facebook. So one of them was from Nicole, who is my counterpart. Yes, your counterpart. So she says, in your opinion, what is the number one cause of the past slow progress on the twinning project? And how will it be avoided as the project moves forward? You, you actually prompted a good point that I should say uh, that I meant to do it in the in the house rules before we get on to that. Guys, uh, through, uh, we are being uh, streamed through Ustream. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very free, excellent software, but that's the thing. It is free. So you're going to hear th- a couple second ads come up oh, sporadically. Yeah, bringing that up as well. Uh, so you might miss a little chunk of what we're saying. Uh, don't worry. We are podcasting this. This will be into the library and posted this Tuesday at uh, wymanpodcast.com. So you hear an ad. Don't freak out. That's just the only way for us to bring this to you free. So sorry. Didn't mean to cut anyone off. I just really wanted to throw that in there because people were really losing their shit last time. So. Okay, one more time, Nicole's question. <laughs> In your opinion, what is the number one cause of the past slow progress on this twinning project, and how will it be avoided as the project moves forward? At least I didn't stutter that time. <laughs> <laughs> kind of we can cut it. See, the, only, the people live will get it. We'll just cut that out next go around. So. I think there's yeah. a lot of factors yeah. that go into uh, slowing down the, the progress. I mean, there's there's the... The environment itself. I mean, there's the fact that there's Do a I lot of muskeg. Say the same thing, like I said last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they already made one road. Um, but I just there's uh, there the uh, wildlife, the the environmental factors, and just making sure that it's safe. You know that it's not just thrown up there and that it's going to crumble within a year anyway. Mike, do you have anything official on that? Because I can give my opinion as well. And <laughs> I, I can give you tons of official stuff, but I, give you, I can give you what I've actually learned. Right. And and uh, there is no, I mean, there's no official response over top of yeah, what, yeah. What, what the reality is. There's the Canadian uh, Environmental Assessment Act, and that was brought into to play when uh, um, the partnership was announced between the provincial and federal governments to do the twinning. Um, as part of that act, we were required to complete an environmental assessment or a full environmental scan of the entire corridor. Um, through that corridor, it took approximately three years to complete that. And you couldn't even start getting your permits in place 
until that act was or until that assessment was completed. There were um, several delays along the way. There's, uh, uh, I mean, there, we had to, you have to, the, the Aboriginal consultation is a federal mandate, but it was, uh, um, we had to, to look after that as well as a provincial government. And uh, there were um, a, two of the caribou management areas in there, which uh, once you got into the caribou, and I'm not going there with the caribou right now, <laughs> to be honest with you. But the, Give me a uh, reason to say it. I just want to say it. I really do. Fact I, remains, the caribou. You know what? In the, last, in the last five years, that's all we heard was yeah. we're being slowed down by the caribou. And everyone's going, well, who cares? No one ever sees one. You know? but, the, but the fact was is that there, was, uh, it, there is a, a, the wildlife management areas that include the caribou. And uh, we were restricted as to when we could start construction in some of those areas. Yeah. And those areas were um, have now been mitigated. So there's only about a six-kilometer stretch now that is impacted by that. You couldn't start construction until July the 15th. Oh, okay. And in doing so, then you shortened your already short construction season, had difficulty getting people to bid. It's well, and you look at 2006, 2007, um, 2008 as well, before the, uh, uh, the market crash. Uh, there was uh, uh, really a, a big problem getting contractors. Uh, there was so much activity going on and not enough uh, resources People to do, to do it. Yeah. So uh, that certainly changed after that. So during that period, we were able to do a lot of design, a lot of the, the functional design, a lot of the surveying. Um, but not only were we twinning through uh, some fairly difficult terrain and some, uh, it, I mean, the, the geotechnical nature of, of uh, building on swampland, yeah. essentially, it, it can can be a challenge. And on top of that, we're designing it to handle extra heavy loads. So there was there's additional design that sort of thing. I, I, all I can tell you now is that almost all of the twenty or all of, almost all of the clearing is done. There's about a fifty five kilometer stretch of road left to clear. Um, all of the permits are in place. Uh, uh, I think there may be one or two more, but for the most part, the federal government has actually um, uh, streamlined how we look work with navigable waters. And yeah. every stream you come across, everywhere oh, yeah. where there might be some habitat requires a separate permit. So a lot of that is in place now. Um, how will it uh, uh, be mitigated for the future? I'd say the fact that we've got a lot of that in place right now means that you're going to see some pavement going down really quick. It's one of the things too, like uh, during this whole, like it's like the whole uprising of the whole movement and the, and the more, uh, more focused attention. I know the last couple of times I've drove, driven down South, me and my brother, we've kind of paid really close attention to what exactly is going on right beside the highway. Like look at it very closely. And, and like Mike said, it's very interesting. Like every body of water you got to cross, whether it's, creek or a river like it that takes a lot of specific detailed engineering is it an excuse no not really it's it's an it's just a fact right and you look at some of the stuff that people are like that we need to build across like i know towards the end of uh, 63 like down towards grassland area there's a house right on the side of the road like mm-hmm. like clearly like the, these things got to be like you said there's got to be land purchases there's got to be all kinds of permits in place there's all there's got to be so much stuff that's got to get thrown in but with that said like in, it, obviously it has taken a long time up to this point. The original announcement was what oh six, but I can't remember the exact timeline that it when it was announced. Two thousand six, it was announced. It's been worked on prior to that. Yeah, but two thousand six was when the announcement came out and that the commitment was there to complete the 
the total 240 stretch of road right 240 from 55, from, from right, 55 right to Fort McMurray yeah and uh, and and we started work or commenced work right away in the northern part from Fort McMurray to 881 mm. and that was probably one of the more significant pieces yeah it went up fairly quick uh, it was significant because of the amount of traffic traveling between Fort McMurray and 881 corridor to go to Anzac John via Conklin yeah. the the all of the development happening yeah. down there but you may or may not remember when that opened in 2008, it was it very quickly became a bit of a roller coaster because we it was it was rushed. Mm. It was uh, it was put together pretty quick and and a lot of the ground started to sink. So it had to, then they had to go back in and repair redo that and, and, re, and redo a lot of it, fill a lot of it in. And so it's important that it's properly engineered and that it's a safe road when we when we finish it. It's able to work. Yeah. Oh, well, interesting. I was going to say that it, uh, you know, permits, uh, environmental factors, all of these different things that could potentially slow down the progress is just uh, whether they're there in place or not. The construction of a road is just not going to happen overnight, especially no. 240 kilometers, which is why it's important to put the pressure on, I think, to make sure that the, we are going to be seeing results with the twinning. But it's like I, I've, I've been saying until that point and well beyond it as well. It's about uh, changing driver behavior as well and educating people. Make sure that it's a, a safe 63. And that's where our next question comes in, actually. <laughs> um, Segway. Yeah, it was it was perfect. Um, one of our next questions on Facebook. I'm going to be honest. I'm not really listening to what you guys are saying because I'm so busy that's, No, reading. that's fine. So I'm sorry if you already covered the question. Are, is it interactive, though? Are people chatting? Like, is it, people is are it chatting so fast that I can't even keep up. <laughs> like, I'm trying to read. That's why I can't listen to what you guys are saying. So um, are you also looking at spending on social programs designed to get people to slow down and be safe on the highway? Kind of like how advertising campaigns and public advocacy against drunk driving created a social stigma towards it like is there going to be like because i know right now just within the community there's all the safe 63 like um going on like twin 63 like drive safe on 63 thing like people are shunning each other when they hear that other people were speeding like i've heard of it in public but is this something that we're going to be doing i want to throw in on a higher level my two cents for this one because it's Something that I've been saying over and over and over again, especially on the on the numerous uh, Safe Sixty Three Highway Sixty Three Facebook pages. Um, as much as I'm all for a driving a driver campaign, and and yes, like maybe it'll take a movement or or an organization or a rally per se, uh, geared up towards uh, driving habits. But I've always said too that there will always be the idiots out of the bunch. Uh, coming coming from a, a person that's worked ambulance for many years, what are the one things that maintains an ambulance person being employed? A high rate is alcohol. You'll always have those stupid people that will do the stupid things that will make them get hurt and us to have a job. I, I think I like to say that it's a reality of a of the situation. Maybe I'm coming completely out of left field. But I know like it's great to have these programs in place, but you'll always get the people that if it's an online program, click, 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 done, give me my certificate, here's my Jumeirah points reduction – Let's go back on the highway. I'm always going to push it to, to 115, 120, or to the more extreme, 150, 160. I know me and Tito talked about it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Like, let's define safe 63, right? Like, I believe common sense is what kind of takes over everything. Where do you really want to freak out over the person that just passed you on a on a broken line, on a straightaway with no one coming that was only going 105 in a 100 zone? Yes, that's breaking the law, but like, come on what are the actual dangers and, and what are what are the behaviors that we're targeting? From my point of view, do I want to see the government spend absolute millions of dollars on these specific programs? Eh, 
I think there's more. I think money's well spent on elsewhere. But once again, that's just my opinion. Steve? <laughs> well, I, actually, I wanted to turn this one to Mike. Well, <laughs> I mean, I just, I do, you, do you ever, uh, I should actually phrase it in the form of a question. Uh, have you ever uh, encountered any leanings towards the idea of putting together a social uh, awareness campaign? Uh, I, I guess I hadn't considered calling it a social program or a social awareness, but there is certainly an education por- uh, uh, aspect to this. And it's, it's part of the uh, promotion uh, we we already have the coalition for a safe highway sixty three eight eighty one, and uh, that started off uh, back in two thousand and five, and really they were the biggest advocates towards twinning at the time. I've seen their commercials on like the most inter- like Spike TV was had them one time. I was like, there's some big networks that they mm-hmm. hit. Right? Yeah, actually, Joanne Roberts was the catalyst behind that back in two thousand and five. It may have been back as far as two thousand and four, and I remember her hitting us back. You know, she was hitting me up then uh, with the Chamber of Commerce and. Yeah. And gotten getting businesses involved, and it's it's all about spreading the word via um, every medium we can, and 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 trying to get to the people that are actually physically traveling that road. Yeah. So uh, they had a great campaign. Um, they went out and they got a lot of uh, partners to to help fund it. Yeah. And uh, absolutely, I, I think there's a, a big component for them to continue on. Uh, Joanne, while Joanne's not really involved with the group anymore, she's one of their also one of their biggest advocates. But the focus has went away from uh, as well went away from just twinning to the whole safety aspect, and they've already developed a lot of good work. So I think we can uh, certainly capitalize on that and, and and all focus on that. So absolutely, that's going to be a big part of it. And you hear a lot of the stuff too, like that that drives the point home, like billboards and. I know the cross is on the highway. Now that's not a, a government mandate to put those. Like that's actually the people of that get into an accident that put those crosses there, right? Like, is it? Yeah, I know the ones I know personally. Um, those are put put there by the individuals. Okay, uh, so I know that plays an impact too. Like if you're driving down the highway and it's a lot of white crosses, you're just like, wow. Like it's those visual reminders yeah. of this is what happens when you, when you do something stupid or when you, when you try to pass on a turn or pass mm-hmm. on the right side of the road or, you know what I mean? Like, and, and even, I know you mentioned Memorial and I just think that is an absolute tremendous idea. Yeah. You know, there's one that, to, like there's one that I know that you tweeted a photo of that there is one that I didn't even know about. Well, that's, uh, it's nowhere near the highway. It's actually no, no, in but, uh, Borealis park downtown yeah. there, uh, right by the accident. Yeah. It's part of, it's, uh, was put up by, um, safe communities, Wood Buffalo and their yeah. department for road safety. Yeah. Uh, so, in, in honor, in memory of those who've lost their lives. Exactly. And, and I definitely, I listened to your podcast on what Safe 63 means. And I, I want to chime back to that for a second because I was, I was listening. <laughs> it was completely wrong. I was listening. <laughs> I, you know, I, I do believe there's like, there's definitely an education aspect. And, and I've brought it up a million times that, you know, we need to change driver's habits. There's the twinning of the highway. And then there's also the education. Um, do I think money should be put into programs like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you look at every day, how many people are getting their license, how many people are on the roads, how many people are forgetting. And I'm sure we all do it at some point in time. You forget what you learned that first day, you know, your two hands on the wheel, that kind of idea. And And so you're kind of just back reiterating that and you're you're back bringing that. I mean, we've brought this whole movement in place uh, in a different way, in a different way than it was done in 2005, then 2006 and and in previous years. And I think society has changed since then. And I definitely think that, you know, we need to we need to change our approach on it. Yeah. We need to do something different. We need to do something more creative. We need to be more original. We need to fi- find different ways to reach people. I mean, like I said, the camp, the Safe 63 campaign, the rally, Facebook 
And, and I mean, yeah. 10 years ago, would that, that have, happened? have happened? Absolutely. Yeah. So society has changed. And I think the way that I'm approaching this and the way I feel it needs to be approached is, is in a different way. So we need to find different creative avenues. And that's where you use all these people who are, you know, giving us comments and, and the entire community and people outside the community, people across the country who are on our Facebook page and maybe Twitter. engage them. What would you do now? What would you do now? Like yeah. what what is it you forget about when you drive? What do you need to see in order for you to, you know, stop and think? I mean, I've driven down that highway, you know, six times since the protest, since the rally on, on May 5th. And. I know that every time I drive down the highway now, I look at every cross. Yeah. But how many times can we all say, and everyone mm-hmm. out there can say that, that they yeah. stuck out and noticed every cross that's back against the bushes and, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's on the top of our mind. So how do we keep it there? Yeah. And, and I think also, we need to be creative in that approach. If people are using that highway a lot, yeah. I mean, you're going to notice the crosses a lot more prevalently the first time you tr- take the road than yeah. you will the then hundredth the time, right? 18th or 19th. Yeah. Um, I was going to bring up with uh, sort of the visual cues there, uh, just a couple of interesting stories from... Uh, down in Australia and New Zealand, they really know what they're doing with public awareness for, for the roads and for, for anti-drinking and driving and, uh, and for the physics that are involved. One thing that I saw, I believe it was directly related to drinking and driving, was a giant billboard of kids. They had a couple of them yeah. in, an, in a high-speed area. Uh, where there's a lot of rain and the road gets slick. There's a lot of opportunity for hydroplaning to take over and people lose control of their vehicles. Actually, they designed two billboards, one with a little boy, one with a little girl, that when it rained, the billboard would actually bleed. As a reminder that the conditions are bad and children can get hurt unless you're driving to the conditions. And another thing um, that I find people, uh, whether they, you know, there's people that are their hearts in the right place and they want to be safe on the road. And yet they don't believe in physics for some reason. (laughs) I mean, I've seen, I've taken some four by four truck. There's no way. Well, it's just, yeah, I bought, I bought my full, you know, ton truck so that I would know how to control it. And I find that ironic because it was two pickup trucks that were involved in the accident on the 27th of April. Um, and it's just, you you can't have that false sense of security and you need to know what physics are like. There was one actually Australian, um, safe driving campaign video that I saw a PSA and you should all everyone listening, search these up and spread them around your email and Twitter and Facebook and everything. Actually, it was, it was about the difference the podcast between Facebook 10, yeah. 10 kilometers an hour and the stopping distance. It was a motorcycle meets meets vehicle. And it just showed you how you're, you're just going 10 kilometers over the, the limit and you feel like that's in the safe realm. But when you slam your brakes on stopping distance is stopping distance, no matter what. And you yeah. can't just change physics. that because you think that you're aware physics play a role into it know what your vehicle can actually do yeah and you got a good point with i think we're a society of visual cues like i kid you not where i i go into a store and i see people buying smokes and they'll quite literally go no no i don't want the the cancer tongue one just give me the give me the, the pregnant woman like you know what i mean I, I kid you not i see people doing that right so like the, if obviously visual cues out of sight out of mind effective. are, are, are effective, effective right if people are just like wow i'm not smoking because he's staring at me the whole time and those are some pretty gross images, man. I'll give, uh, I believe it's the federal government that regulates that. I'll give them mm-hmm. on that one. The uh, no visual, and that's an excellent point. The visual cues are, uh, are I think, will very, very work with uh, the type of mindset of people in general, right? And, and those are the ones who who choose to make those actions, right? To drive in a dangerous fashion, or to you know pass on your double solids, or go too fast for the weather conditions. Then you have those situations where you know it's a simple slip. It's a simple, uh, you know, glad you ca- accidentally. I'm glad you said that because I was just going to say, I'm like, 
I don't think people directly choose to drive in like a like a, a complete moron. Not the you know majority. I mean? Yeah. Well, no. I'd like hope. even even then, like that tragic accident on April well, twenty, like April twenty seventh, that that person who knows pull out to the road like at the attempt of you know what I'm going. I don't care what's in front of me. It was it was a error in judgment. Is yeah, all it absolutely. Was. It was I a mean, mistake. It was an accident. Right? That's where the twinning comes in. It accounts for that. Oh yeah, for error. that particular one. Yeah, and right? like a lot of the things with with the bad driving habits that we see because like a lot on the Facebook pages it seems like people are out for blood and that's one of the things I, I try to to change like the whole common sense 63 aspect is guys relax like just because this person sped and passed yes he should be dealt with i tell everyone report your drivers right call 911 they will yeah. be able to help you with with what needs to happen if you've seen someone doing stupid someone being driving stupid but don't go out to try to hang that person on a cross because like it, they're they're not legitimately trying to get anyone hurt yeah. And that, and like I said, some of these people's reactions on Facebook to some of these pictures that people are posting, which is kind of iffy to begin with. It's a sensitive issue it, right it's now. It's just I like, mean, wow, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, well, that's I've, a sensitive you know, and you, you've got to remember, too, a lot of the vehicles and a lot of our uh, residents, a lot of people that are up here are engaged in some way or another with industry. And uh, so when we look at that, and if you see a, a vehicle that has markings on it, company logos, company vehicles, you all you need is a company vehicle Brilliant. and yeah. num- their, their vehicle number and the, the name of the company, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, and I've seen it uh, before where someone is called in a, a company vehicle and these com- companies have zero tolerance yeah. for employees that mm-hmm. are abusing the privilege of driving their company vehicle. So, um, really, it's, it's up to all of us Absolutely. to help forward the information. Um, the information. This is not about. I mean, we we live in a in a region where uh, uh, our our biggest industry, biggest focus is on safety. safety. And somehow, as soon as those people walk out the gate, some of these, some of some people that hit the highway, they shut that part of their brain off and they go on the road and they're doing 180 kilometers an hour. This is not acceptable, no. and we shouldn't tolerate it as a society. Yeah. And now we get into the enforcement part. And as you get into the enforcement, if you look back to the days when we started uh, having to wear seatbelts, I don't know, you're probably way too young <laughs> when that legislation came through. I don't know, I was still a kid, but, though, walking around, or, yeah, literally walking around the back seat. Real men don't wear seatbelts. <laughs> oh, but, the, but the rest of us adults were going, oh, what a stupid law. Like, well, why would you do that? But the fact is, is seatbelts save lives. Speed kills. I mean, we, we know all of these all of these factors. So um, we'll have to legislate what we need to legislate, yeah. and after a while, it'll just become common p- common sense. sense. It'll just become exactly. part of what you do. No, that's an excellent point. What else we got rocking the? Uh, before we go into that, guys, uh, like I said, you guys come on the show with us, literally. Uh, call in, uh, but in order to do that, you got to email us uh, on air at ymmpodcast.com. Uh, email us your phone number and uh, what you want to talk about, and come on in here and and chat with the one and only Steve Reeve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored to be in your presence. <laughs> Ashley Kiwi, what else do we got going online here? Okay, so for the f- people who are freaking out a little bit, um, I am the one controlling the chat. Unfortunately, Mike's not able to talk and read the chat at the same time. So just calm down a little bit. <laughs> people are getting fired up again I, with the live people podcast. People really are. It's true. And what are they saying though? I'm curious. Like, give okay, us a couple so examples. We should, we should burn through a couple direct questions. Let's get the I'm questions. Yeah, because I want to make sure that the people that are taking the time I'm, to be interactive. I'm I'm trying to keep up. This is this is the only thing so far. We've just had people freaking out about how this is all about the safety of 63, and they don't really care. Well, Whoa, seriously? Not, I think that's no, the issue so of the day. Not so much that they don't really care. What they're talking about is they're just saying like, 
why aren't we finding out anything about the twinning? Why is why aren't we finding out timelines and all this stuff? And I'm like, I better I better address some of that right now because yeah. I think what's really important, and I and we we saw it here recently this week with the issue over tolls. Yes, okay. and this this is a major one, and I've told them to hold their horses because we're getting the tolls in a minute. Because I've got like sixteen questions. I'm going to I'll address the tolls in one really quick, easy um, uh, fashion. Okay. What happened was the the question of tolls came up to the premier uh, last week in a in a media availability. The the premier and they were specifically talking about Edmonton and Calgary, and the premier said. It has been a discussion about Alberta provincial highways as well as Highway 63 because that came up and, uh, and the media immediately turned it around to be uh, the, the option to twin Highway 63. Let me ver- be very clear, whether it comes to the financing portion, what, what engineering designs we're going to use and what attack we're going to take on the highway to do the, 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 the project itself, what type of enforcement we're looking at, whether it's going to be increased fines or seizure of vehicles or just more police presence um, and, and the education, whether we're going to engage professional firms or just the coalition. I mean, there's, I have literally gotten thousands of emails and thousands of in, uh, people's input and every one of them is the right one. Um, people, we are examining all potential solutions to the problem. And in three weeks, there will be um, recommendations made. Nobody is uh, giving special consideration to any one item over another. At this point, they're still all under evaluation. So um, anything I could tell you would be premature regarding what the recommendation is going to be. I can tell you that there's going to be... Um, uh, we have had an awful lot of work done in the past already on engineering and design. We've had an awful lot of work done regarding the safety on Highway 63. We've had we're looking at emergency response. We're looking at uh, um, every factor to do with Highway 63. And until such time, we've been able to evaluate them all. I can give you tons of examples where one sounds like a really good idea, but as soon as you Work Scroll through the two path. emails down. Well, not even the, not even the, the emails, but as soon as you start looking at the logistics and how are we going to implement this and how are we going to enforce it and what's it going to take in the long run, suddenly it doesn't make any sense. So um, I, I would just ask everyone to be patient um, and and not necessarily take one item or one line out of the media as being the God's honest truth, because that isn't going to be, once the recommendations come through, they still have to be approved. And that's one of the things like uh, with, with this particular show is uh, we all know, and if you guys didn't know, maybe we'll say it right now, like a part of your appointment for special advisor, I believe it was three weeks ago, was that you would have a report submitted by the 29th of June. Until then, we're literally in discussion mode. At this point, I've been a, I, I'm a report to the premier. I have been um, uh, appointed by the premier to give advice to the minister of transportation. That report will go to the minister, and then he will be um, providing um, his plan to the premier. So the whole point of, of Mike getting involved with the community, like on this show, and another means that we're going to talk about a bit later on, is to simply gather input. Get, want, gather some, some information. Let's see where everyone's train of thought is. Let's someone might have that that golden idea that might change the world, and who knows, right? Like, it, am I correct in assuming this? Like, is it actually just to engage the community into what where's people's trains of thoughts are? Where where does the we've had moments of brilliance come out of different community engagements that I've done and different stakeholder engagements and mm. and uh, things I'd never heard about, which I can't really talk about because no, some of it's yeah. in confidence. But yeah. we want to. 
you know, we're, those are the things we're going to examine and we're going to come out with um, what we believe is going to be the best combined approach to achieving all of the goals for a safer 63 and still get the highway twinned in as expeditious a fashion as is, as is possible. Yeah. Which, and, and one of the things that I was kind of going to comment at the end of the show, but I'll kind of throw it in now. One of the things that I'm very thankful that you've, you've come and done the podcast with us is we're actually hearing some communication. We're hearing from our very own MLA right now. Uh, where in the past, I found that we, we would have rallies and Facebook uh, and Facebook groups, and but we'd have silence. We'd have we'd hear nothing. So I think this is uh, leaps and bounds in the right direction by at least having you engage the community and engage stakeholders, and and at least kind of saying what are your thoughts or, or what are your where's your head at? Like where what do you think should happen? And like I said, I, I'm I'm very thankful that uh, we at least feels like our voice are getting heard and it is always you know and i i also recognize that regardless of what i come out with in a, in recommendations is someone else someone is going to be unhappy and <laughs> and hopefully more people are happy than unhappy, unhappy. but it, we're we're um, we're still it's it's a long process we're yeah. still going to be engaged after the fact and we're going to uh, put in a communications mode where everyone can get updates and we we can keep in touch with what the progress is. I'm very thankful that the people online think that Mike Allen was going to come on uh, my podcast and, and <laughs> release the timelines. Uh, but don't worry, folks, I'm working on that. Hopefully after the report's done, he'll uh, make his announcement here. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, what else we got going on online? Hopefully that uh, settled some of the deba- debate. Uh, and maybe bit. you've seen a whole bunch of people just drop offline. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, not really. It's just hard to kind of scroll and keep thinking at the same time so what's happening in the chat room um what's been happening during the time you were talking i've got like a whole page <laughs> hang on can i ask Ash, all the all the stuff that's coming in will still be saved so regardless of whether I'm we address it live we're literally still going to have it having to write it down because yeah. last time i thought it would save it but it doesn't so what i'm doing is as people are asking questions i am writing them down which is what people are currently kind of freaking out about and i'm sorry but people are going ash moderate this and push the questions and i'm trying i really am it's just a matter of me writing them down because when you guys are talking so fast i can't keep up so like i said guys another avenue too is call us uh, yes. uh use our email email us on air at ymnpodcast.com uh just email us your question what you want to talk about and give us your phone number and we will call you also uh if you're having trouble getting through to ash on the on the uh facebook chat or sorry on the Ustream chat hit us up on twitter hashtag safe 63 and just make sure you mention ymn podcast because that's kind of easier to manage and 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 the chat's cool like i said i I got to look at the chat last time and it's definitely busy but it's pretty cool where you can actually interact with each other and also us as well so anything off the top of your head that you got right now ash or yeah uh yeah um hang on that's not really i noticed some of the stuff that we've covered that has been asked but she hasn't told us about she's kind of been crossing out yeah i've been trying to cross it out as i go because i'm trying not to like double up on questions but actually one that we got via twitter like right when the show started was from uh, russell thomas and he says what has been the most surprising discovery you and your team have made in the process of finding solutions and that's obviously for mike 
So like, I was say, cause my team, when we did an intricate uh, look through, we found out people get upset. When we found that people get really pissed <laughs> off with this Ustream chat. During Ustream well. chat. And I will, I will get to wide loads in a minute. Just hang on. Cause that's the next question. But you know, one, one of the things of, of, of my mandate was to start looking at advanced technologies for uh, enforcement and uh, traffic enforcement. And when we started getting into it and we, uh, we started getting, man, I couldn't believe how much was out there. I thought it was just, uh, you know, an RCMP officer sitting in a, in a car with a radar detector or a radar gun. That, we'd, gun that you would normally see them with. And uh, there is all kinds of uh, technology available now. There is uh, photo radar technology that uh, is movable. Plus, you can uh, you take a picture of a vehicle at one at point A and then you can take time another lapsed. picture and it's time lapse. Time so there's speed. distance, time. You can do a lot with in, in aerial. There's an awful lot you can do Bring with. Bring the planes back. <laughs> um, there, there's so many yeah. options out there now. So it's a matter of finding the one that's going to be best suited for Highway 63. But uh, regardless, I mean, we do have uh, limited resources. I, I'm pleased to say, I mean, Joan and I drove up Highway 63 today. It's a Sunday afternoon, typically a really busy day. And it was. It was extremely busy. The traffic was very well behaved and we saw a huge enforcement uh, measure happening with the RCMP and the sheriffs today. So um, that was good to see. Uh, the attitude seems to already be on the change. If we don't keep the focus on, though, I don't think it'll stay like that. So mm-hmm. there's other measures we need to take. Yeah. But okay. that, that I've, Russell, I've got to say that would be the uh, the most interesting and the most surprising thing with some of the technologies that are available. The photo uh, radar in the tree. Um, there's, uh, I can't tell you exactly what they all are, but there, there are some things that are, uh, there's, there are things that, uh, companies can install in vehicles. Um, they're, they're, um, don't necessarily control the speed, but, uh, they can also send messages back to the company headquarters as to how fast their vehicles yeah, are Yeah, I learned G- that actually. My, um, GPS my dad drives a site truck and he's like, if I go like a click over 105 and it's GPS tracks so it mm-hmm. knows what speed you're supposed to be going goes where to a supervisor. and it emails yeah. to dad's supervisor mm-hmm. and will be like guess what Dave's speeding and then he's and then dad either gets fined yeah. he's got to do a safety presentation like um a, cu- a couple of his guys have been caught speeding and they've had to do safety presentations they've had to um front up to like um all of their supervisors and give a good speech about why they were speeding in the first place like why are you in such a hurry And that's awesome. Anyone that's listening to this show that actually controls a fleet of vehicles, I I strongly recommend a GPS system because that is by far the the most efficient way of controlling your company's truck's speed, right? Like, does it Mm -hmm. dictate what the speed does? No, but it dictates your driver's behaviors. And as we already discussed, when and where. Yeah, that's something that uh, can be controlled. So, what about those? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I've I've spoken to. uh, numerous companies in town already and and they've already started the implementation of just that behavior within their company you know whether you're wearing a hard hat with our name on it or you're driving a vehicle with our name on it you should be a model for safety mm-hmm. and they're starting to push that now so they're starting yeah. to say you know if you get caught speeding here are the consequences and we will hold firm to them there's companies in town that you know what i've seen and i i drive a lot i drive quite a bit so I've seen their their trucks in town, and they're doing the speed limit. So let's not forget to give those guys a pat on the back and say, you know, as much as you shouldn't because, okay, they're obeying the law. It's what they should be doing. But they're all doing it. I've seen one company in particular. I don't know if they want to be mentioned, so I won't. But one company in particular that 
18 of their vehicles I saw coming in from site in one day. And all 18 of them were doing the speed limit. And they weren't all in a row. They were all spread throughout traffic. And I was on the road with them for about an hour and a half in from site. And I called their safety officer and said, I don't know what you told them, but good job. <laughs> because they're all doing <laughs> what they're <laughs> supposed to be doing. So this, they're starting to implement that culture yeah. more outside the gates now than, than it has been before, right? Yeah. So I think that commitment needs to be there as well. Oh, excellent. Oh, our, our industry partners are big advocates for safety. And they are working with us on this right now. Mm. Oh, that's excellent. What was the wide loads question? That's there's more than one. There's, there's quite a <laughs> few. But um, before we move on to wide loads, there was a question: um, Are photo radar vans not allowed on highways in this country? They are. A, from what I know, is, I'll let Mike answer it. Yeah. I, I don't know the exact law, but there is um, legislation changes that are required in order to allow photo radar vans. Um, Photo radar is not a really popular thing in any community or any highway in the yeah. country. And, and we saw it here a lot, too, even when we put photo radar in throughout Fort McMurray. Um, uh, people uh, term it to be a tax grab or some kind of money grab. And, um, and, and let's be clear, I think it can be uh, well utilized if the monies that are raised um, uh, from those tickets or those fines um, can go towards a, a particular, they can be earmarked towards something. They could mm-hmm. be earmarked towards the, the cost of, of twinning the highway. They could be earmarked towards, and then it becomes, instead of a user fee, it's an abuser fee. Um, <laughs> you know, you can, you can take it and you can earmark it towards victim services or um, a, another cause that is, is very close to that or our first responders. So mm-hmm. um, I think that would gain much more support Absolutely. than the standard uh, taking fines and putting them into general revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that answers another one of the questions, which was, um, um, I didn't write this one down and I'm sorry. <laughs> now i got to find it. Is the slow-mo button helping at all? Or? Uh, no, slow-mo's not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyone oh, from Ustream that's well, listening? Sorry, whoever's calling me out on dropping the ball. Okay. Jeez. I don't tough, know. I don't know who crowd. this person is, but they're they're really like nailing everything that I say. Yeah, this is this is not the uh, CBC studios here, folks. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're no, all, it's better. <laughs> it's so we're all funny. concerned you, citizens I, I, trying to do our best. I, I did you know we are literally in a secret bunker? <laughs> it's, it's really so and I'm funny glad it's because, secret, because people are arguing over whether they should be getting angry at me or not. It's it's hilarious. It seems besides right, the what else point. We got to? <laughs> We'd love to answer more questions. Though. Okay, so uh, back to wide loads because I can't find that other question and I apologize to whatever number you were. Um, where is it? Okay, what is the government? I don't know if you can answer this question, but we'll throw it out there and we'll if see not, what we think. See, this, I was kind of hoping for this type of question because I was kind of hoping Mike would get one he couldn't answer and then it's going to come to me to speculate. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I think. If anything we we'll can answer... We'll get you Mike's truth and we'll get you truth. Okay, so I'm going to... I've, I've got a few wide load questions, so I'm just going to throw them all at you and see what happens. So... Um, all at once? We'll try. Okay. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the lightning round, the game show. Lightning round. All right. Um, I feel like you, man. Anyway, what is the government going to do about wide loads permits and better rules and regulations, as well as what is the cost of transporting wide loads to Fort McMurray and where does this money go? And then that's something about... Uh, something else. Okay. So we'll discuss the wide load thing and then we're actually going to move to our very first caller on the YMM podcast. Sorry, second. 
Okay. First, but anyway, go ahead. Well, those those two questions are completely unrelated. So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm going to just I, I, first of all, the second question was, what is the cost of transporting high, wide yeah, loads? Yeah, do, do we have an every idea single of what load the cost coming is? up that highway would have a different cost associated to it, and it would it would be based on depending uh, on the size what of the, the size of load was. Every, everything is factored in there, but there I'm I'm a, I'm sure that industry they're the ones that are paying for it. And they would be tendering it out and getting preferred prices from their suppliers. So um, whatever whatever comes up there. Now, there is permitting done. And this is where we get to the other side, the first question. The permitting is handled out by Alberta Transportation out of Red Deer. There's a centralized office that handles all of the uh, permits for all of Alberta. And we are currently doing a full... Uh, there's been an awful lot of work done in the past. You'll find that it is fairly well controlled. But we're taking a look at further... Um, enhancing that. Uh, there you'll see wide loads have restrictions as to when they can come up the highway. There's going to be, there's a number of pullouts, but we're looking at uh, the possibility of adding more if we need to add more pullouts because as they're coming up the highway, many of them, I think the average speed is somewhere is around 60 kilometers an hour for the really big loads. Um, those need to be able to get out of the way and get off the highway. Mm-hmm. So people that's where the, them, yeah. and so they people can come. The other thing we're looking at is um, uh, all transport vehicles coming up there and how they convoy on, a, on occasion. If you have uh, uh, semi-trucks or, or and you have three or four or five of them yeah. in a row, um, bumper rough. to bumper, um, we're, we're looking at ways that we can legislate them or, or to, to control that movement. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, you're, you're not going to control and be very careful. We, Everything that we get up here comes up in a truck. Yeah. So you know your your, your groceries. You you're be careful yeah. what you wish for. But it's it's the big oversized loads, and we do know that that is going to increase in the next three years. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of, uh, of of big loads is gonna is gonna increase. So we're looking at ways to enhance that. And one thing too that uh, I'll urge people to uh, to look at just uh, Google Alberta transportation and go wide load permit. Uh, it's interesting that Mike said that they're looking to make further restrictions because if you guys look at this, it's restricted a lot as it is uh, just in regards to daylight hours, non-peak traffic times, and 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 just the list goes on and on, Like especially when it comes to us and uh, our daylight where it gets really tight at a few points, right? You know, I'm not going to say restrict so much as enhance. There's there's always ways to improve it. And we, we um, I, I have been uh, in, in discussions with, uh, with industry and with uh, – uh, the OSDG or the OSANS uh, developers group, um, they have a transportation committee as well, and they're they're very much in tune with what's going on, and they're um, they're coordinating amongst themselves as well. And a lot of this in the past, when we had a lot of activity happening up in Fort McMurray, and our growth was so rapid and so dramatic, they took took measures to work together as groups to schedule their projects as well. Yep. Uh, it, it was better for them as well because they were all uh, fighting for resources. And, labor and pool, yeah. Labor pool, everything else. So they're, they're working very, very well through the OSDG uh, at managing their resources together so it benefits everybody. Matt, are we going to go to our first caller? Do it. Go right now? Yeah. Okay, so I always really, really wanted to say this. Hello, you're on the air with Toski from the YMN Podcast. Well, good evening, boys and girls. How's it going tonight? Hey, Mike, is that you? It is, it is. Good evening, Mr. Allen, MLA, or Mala, Mike, as I call you. <laughs> Hi, Mike. I was wondering when you were going to call. <laughs> well, you know, I've been following it. We're reading the chat. And, um, He's been going on. You know, on more the reading channel. than I normally do. But uh, two questions for you, Mike. And, and actually, the whole gang can talk to this. You were 
mentioning earlier about the pullouts, and by Stony Mountain, we've had a uh, pullout section there that has been inactive since about 2006, and it's probably, uh, from what I understand, or my wife's told me, about a $10 million investment by the government, but it's remained closed the entire time. Um, can you maybe talk to us about that? Um, well, I can talk very briefly about it. Uh, all I can tell you, Mike, is my understanding is that the original design work was done. The original work was done to start it. It was never paved or anything. And uh, once they were done, they found new data that suggested that the geotechnical nature of the area did not allow for heavy loads to park there. The land was not stable enough in the long run and could, could provide problems. They can park in the winter, though. I see it's open during the winter. Well, no, it's even closed in the winter, guys. Is it really? Oh, okay. I thought yeah. I drove past there and it says open in the winter. I'm just guessing when the frost well, is there. Well, it, it says the sign there, but it's never actually been open any of the oh. time I've driven down. The barricades have always stayed in place and it's never graded. So, I mean, that's just a huge waste of resources. I mean, when the ground's frozen, it should be stable enough because, I mean, in the past there were vehicles up there. Well, I believe there's actually some uh, underground streams that are interfering with it as well. So there's, um, it's just, you know what, in, in, for safety's sake and, uh, and, and for the, the balance of the infrastructure that was required, um, it, was des- it was decided to cancel that project. So... I, I honestly couldn't tell you, though, how much was spent. It may have been a $10 million project to begin with. I don't think it was that much, um, but it was. If that may have been the original budgeted amount. It just never was completed uh, based on uh, what was found as they were doing the work. Okay. I, I guess the second question I had, uh, I did say it was a two-part, was um, regulations regarding company vehicles and the possibility of attaching uh uh, governors on because you can actually restrict a company vehicle not to go past 110 or, or you can set it actually anything you want. I know a lot of government vehicles are regulated that uh, they're not supposed to be 90 kilometers yet uh, none of our vehicles up here from the plant that seem to have any of those restrictions. So maybe if you can speak a little on that. Well, what I can tell you is that I know that our uh, I'm not sure about Shell, but I know Syncrude and Suncor. Uh, I know Syncrude has approximately 700 vehicles in their fleet that are out with their uh, uh, their staff, and they are restricted to driving from site to home, and that's it. They, they can't even go to Safeway and buy groceries. So, uh, knowing how that restriction is in place with them, I'm not so certain that would be uh, have an impact. What would have? But that's not really solving the issue, Mike. I mean, no offense, but that's sort of skirting the issue because some of these people are traveling that highway to their job site and they're speeding while working. So uh, they are in their company vehicles. It's not like a pleasure trip to Edmonton. They're actually speeding to these different sites and, you know, whether or not that's a company policy and time restrictions, uh, I hope it's not, but uh, I'm, I'm not, they I'm are not. using it. Whatever you do for legislation also applies across the province. So, were you there, Mike, when we were talking about our discussion on GPSs, like the way how companies can actually monitor a vehicle's behaviors? I I did hear it and I did read about it, and I think that's great. I mean, I would love to see something like that. Um, I know for a fact that some of the oil sands, like I know, I believe. uh, 
I think so. I know there's a fact there's a few oil sands companies, like both clients and contractors, that apply it to all their fleet. I think North American is one. Uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do know there's some out there. And to me, uh, just from my point of view, anyone else can chime in on this as well. Like, I would think that'd be more uh, a more effective measure than actually governing a vehicle at a, like 100 or 110, because you're always going to get someone with a quote unquote excuse to say, oh, why, why he had to travel 115 or why he had to travel 120. And it's just that you're right, Mike, it is an excuse and no one should be doing it. But I find that well, actually having an active GPS to, to, to prove their habits and kind of attack them in the long run more so than to restrict them from going uh, that speed at all. I think I'm there's also challenges, I understand. The concern of the head-ons. And I mean, ultimately, that's what we're looking at and why we're twinning it. I mean, we can't curve that behavior, but if we're trying to prevent head-on collisions, if we don't give them the power to pass, there's an awful lot likelihood that those people will take those risks knowing that their vehicle will not exceed a uh, specific speed limit. Yeah. No, very good point. Anyone else got a comment on that one, guys? Or Steve or <laughs> Ashley? <laughs> no, I, I, it, I, I never heard I agree the group that so it quiet. Does. <laughs> I agree that it does localize it if if uh, you're looking at the fleet vehicles uh, and and sort of from the the company standpoint instead of the actual um, uh, provincial standpoint the legislation standpoint I think it does localize it it's uh, definitely a local issue I mean it does affect a lot of people who travel from all over the country and all over the world but I don't know if I had to choose between forcing people to have forcing these companies to put you know governors and restrictions in the vehicles versus uh, encouraging them to get the GPS and fleet monitoring systems in their vehicles. I would choose the latter. Yeah. Well, and, and that's true. If you guys will allow me to say one more thing, I just wanted to talk about the, the tolling. And I mean, you know, we, as the economic engine of Alberta and certainly, you know, a large extent Canada, we pay an awful lot of taxes here. Uh, the businesses, the, the large businesses and the public, and the fact that we don't get equal share to having our road twin because of the length of it, because that length has a tie-in to a monetary fund, uh, it doesn't seem fair. I mean, the government's taken the responsibility of controlling our roadways, and therefore uh, they are responsible to providing equal access to all of us throughout all of Alberta. Did someone cut him off? Nope. Still there, still there, Mike? You guys cut me off? What? Oh, no. <laughs> I was giving Matt the sign. He wouldn't let No, I'm just kidding. I really, uh, you did cut out the last bit. I didn't catch the last part he said. Well, the last part of it is, is you know, we deserve equal right and access, and we shouldn't be taxed heavier than we already are, uh, the same way as anyone. I mean, here's the problem, guys. If you start a toll and, and the government finds it's a good revenue source, they're not going to stop using it. It's going to be like the GST or it's going to be like the photo radar. More and more happens. And they go, well, what's working? Look, but our fines can, they start keeping and uh, generating more revenues. That's an enticing drug not to get rid of it. Uh, I see what you mean. If, if it's a proven revenue stream, then it's not like it's going to go away. So I'll take that as a no to tolls. Oh, for, I'll agree with that. Mike, Mike, that's a... Hell no. <laughs> I think a lot of people echo that. I, I, I think yeah. just, just to clarify uh, again, Mike, as I said before, tolls were just one of many options that were uh, thrown into a bundle to be looked at and considered. Uh, nothing is being recommended at this point. Well, the nice thing about throwing them in, you could throw them out. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Mike, I just want to say uh, thank you very much for being the first uh, caller on the YMM podcast. Well, hey, thank you very much. You just All had right. a popsicle. <laughs> I'll send you your check in the mail. Okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bye-bye. Mike. Well, first on purpose, I guess I accidentally called you during one the other day, and you're like, "Hey," I'm like, "Hi, what are you doing?" Like, I'm podcasting. Right, I wanna, I'm like, "Oh." I just want to just uh, cut out of the show here for a quick second. That was really really cool. That was, that was so cool. Wait, I think we got another one that we're going to line up. Yeah, no, well, let's uh, let's hit the chat room and let's keep it going. I feel like Rex Murphy here on the, the uh, CBC Radio. Okay, so the chat room is Stuff currently who I believe is Kelton and Eric. Can you guys stop arguing over? Who's trolls and tolls and speaking the truth? I'm pretty sure it's Eric is the other one. But just I, I'm finding it really hard to scroll with you guys typing all the time. So just give it don't a break for on. a little while. Don't them, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't really know. So maybe another call for a minute. Uh, well, we got. it's going to take us a couple seconds to set up a caller. Oh, OK. Well, so, <laughs> we don't have a switchboard. <laughs> OK, so I have some. Our switchboard is working hard as his We have yeah, some human commentary. Switchboard. Someone said, get asphalt down between grasslands and wandering river ASAP because they would rather see sections done than new passing lanes because something that was happening was people talking about um, there being passing lanes, in. passing lanes in the more hazardous sections. One one of the sections we're looking at, there's, uh, and you may, you may notice that we have taken some immediate steps. Mm-hmm. So right after our first meeting that Don and I had with the government on May the first, um, we started putting up additional signage that gave notice to when the next passing lane was going to be. Which kudos on that because I find personally that really helped because there was a few points where I was going to pass some uh, some semi trucks. And that actually, I seen like ten kilometers, twelve kilometers to the next uh, passing lane, and it stopped me. Yeah. So clearly, I know if it's me, it, it's got to work for across the board. So. And, and you'll probably recall since the two thousand six announcement, and when they started doing the north, an awful lot of other work has gone on on the on the southern legs of of Highway sixty three. It's been widened, it's been improved, and we've added uh, passing lanes. So there are um, currently fifteen passing lanes. There's eight going north, seven coming south. And we're looking at uh, adding more during this time. Now, the argument uh, from some is that any passing lanes you put on the existing 63 now is a throwaway um, because it's just, you know, that's just it's about a million dollars per kilometers to to uh, to to add a passing lane and then also uh, uh, pullouts. So um, someone actually mentioned the other day about portable pullouts. Uh, had no idea you could do that, but apparently wow. there was some technology for that. I, technology every, will solve there again. All of this, problems. all of this, this engagement is bringing up new and fresh ideas, and everything's worth looking at. Yeah. So we're, um, but we need to make some temporary measures for right now. And I believe in the long run that any of the passing lanes we have typically are being put in areas where there's blind spots. They're going up hills. They're going into some of the. Uh, uh, challenging terrain so even once the 20 is completed that's a good spot for a truck to get over to the right and there'll Absolutely. be additional opportunities for people to yep. to go up the hill and and pass that vehicle so um i i don't believe it's a throwaway at all no and like i said it, it's not just the 20 it's the enhancement itself and the reason and there is stuff that you guys are doing or we're doing now like essentially like though like to me like the the next passing lane blah 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 kilometers i think is just 
leaps and bounds difference when I saw it on the highway. And, and to me, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do. Takes before, that edge off. Yeah, even before that twinning will take place. So we're looking at establishing uh, timelines. Like, what's, what's an appropriate amount of time to be stuck behind a truck that's doing 80 kilometers an hour? And, uh, and there's one section as you come south. I think you, you, as soon as you get past the first passing lane, it says 17 kilometers to the next passing lane. And then you get past that passing lane and it's that one or the next one after that. It's, it's like 69. Five, yeah. So, uh, so we need to have a little bit more frequency. And, and a lot of the work's already been done in, in, in investigating as to where they should go and, uh, and how much they'll cost. So I think we have another caller. Uh, Nicole, you are live on the YMN podcast. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hello. I have to say hi, Nicole. Hey. <laughs> we don't all have to say hi, Nicole, but we want to. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just wondering, I have a question for Mike. Um, I just wanted to ask you how you feel about the amount of responsibility that you've been given with this report. Wow. Like, how, how do you feel personally about it? How do I feel personally? Um, at, at first, I was uh, dumbstruck with awe. I was uh, I, I was uh, honored to be given the um, the challenge. Um, at the same time, it's a little overwhelming um, with the amount of work and amount of information I'm getting. Um, but uh, uh, as soon as I got a chance to sit down and put a plan together. Um, and then visit some of the ministers through uh, through the legislature. Um, I can tell you that there's an awful lot of support behind this. I've been given a lot of administrative support. Um, we're compiling information. There's been an awful lot of work done previously that we're putting together. Now it's a matter of stakeholder engagement, and that's something I really uh, uh, I really enjoy doing. I, I I do well, I think, is to get out and get people engaged and get people talking. And uh, we, we're once we've finished putting all that work together, um, then I think we can come out with a plan that is going to work for everybody. But how how do I feel really? Um, really, it's it's uh, it, it's a little overwhelming. There's been a lot of long nights and and, and a lot of uh, hard days and a lot of work uh, data coming in. I'm behind in responding to emails, uh, Twitter. Uh, texts, uh, you name it. There's been so much coming in. Um, so, uh, but it's, it's, you know what, I'm, I'm just really glad that I have an opportunity to be engaged in the solution as opposed to uh, uh, being one of the people standing back and complaining like I did for years. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to hear that the provincial government has given you, like you said, like administrative support and stuff like that because that, that's kind of what my next question would be is um, what kind of historical information and other support were you given just besides administrative support? Oh gosh. Um, that's Did really got to be clear. To I'm, <laughs> I have the secret vault. I have the key. It's no, it's, it's to be clear. I'm not doing this on my own. This is uh, I I'm essentially uh, I guess leading the charge and, and uh, um, giving some direction as to how I want to proceed um, but in the, since the project started, um, a lot of the engineering was already being done. A lot of this work was being done. Now it's a matter of putting a focus on it. And really when the premier pointed me 
Um, it wasn't because of my technical capabilities. It wasn't. I'm a pretty darn good trombone player, but I've never <laughs> built a road before. Um, and when it, uh, what it boils down to is it gives, it gives a local perspective and some focus. It also gives me um, the credibility of going to any minister uh, in, in government and to ask them yeah. for some support and some help. And they have been going out of their way to offer that support. So I, I, all I know is that it, when the premier uh, did the appointment, it became a priority for the entire government. And uh, it, it uh, just allows us to bring some, some significant focus to it. Good stuff. Uh, Nicole, I just wanted to say uh, you were also, for those that don't know, uh, you also helped organize uh, the, uh, the Twin Highway 63 movement and the rally along with Ashley. And uh, I said it to her, so now I have the opportunity to say it to you pretty much on behalf of all of us in Fort McMurray. Uh, I will speak for everyone and say thank you very much. I'll echo that. Thanks. Well, like Ashley, it was, it was my pleasure to do it. It was a labor of love. And like Mike's facing right now, we had a lot of late nights and <laughs> many, many, and, many. Uh, a, a lot of work in the middle of the night and stuff like that. But we wouldn't have changed anything because um, we realized that the community really needed that outlet to, uh, to make their voices heard and sort of explain how frustrated they were feeling. And we were happy to provide that outlet. So absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, you have the total support and resources of the YMN podcast as well. The two of you guys for any kind of future endeavors as well. Thank you very much, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Well, and what you guys started, really, it, it did. It built from there. Um, it uh, We saw the, the special edition from the Fort McMurray today. Um, yeah, it's sitting right in front of us, actually. That that, uh, that went all over the province as well. And uh, the Edmonton Sun did a, a, a version of it as well. Um, it, just bringing the awareness. Um, it uh, And I was particularly thrilled about how everything is focused on safety and improving that and, and making it safer for all of us to, to travel on. So... Um, you, you're, you're, what you started, you may not have thought it would have gone this big, um, but it, uh, it really has had a significant impact, and we thank you for that. Thank you. Right on. All right, well, I'll let you guys go, and I'll let you guys continue the conversation. I'll continue listening. <laughs> thanks, Nicole. Okay, thanks, Scott. Got it, bye. What else is going on online, Ashley? Oh, okay, so I do have a question that keeps popping up over and over and over again. But before I do that one, there's an even more important one that popped up earlier. <laughs> before the important one, let's go to the more important one. Yeah, well, this one is more important. And I'm sorry that I'm not asking about what you guys are talking about currently, but I'll get to it. Um, How are we doing for time? Is there anyone? I have no idea. It's 10 o'clock. We're at one and a half. We're at one and a half. All right, we'll take a, we'll, we'll take a couple more here and we'll we'll wrap it up. Okay, so um, one of the most important ones that people are wondering is how can we speed up emergency response time? And while before any of you even talk about it, um, one thing that we're really trying to push in this particular podcast is trying to make 63 safer. So we're kind of hoping that we don't even need emergency response time eventually, but it is going to happen. So when it does happen... Is there anything in place that's going to be happening for emergency response time? Like, is this part of your report? To do an intro to it, I guess, before you kick in there, Mike, is, uh, I believe it might center around two of the, the stuff that's been going on with Wander River and their, their volunteer emergency response organizations that they pretty much said they were 
overwhelmed and I believe it was underpaid was another it was issue. All under, underfunded or yeah, yeah. like uh, sorry, not underpaid themselves, but the organization itself was underfunded in returns to equipment and, and et cetera, et cetera. So I believe that that loss was also kind of a hit to response times in general to the highways. So that had a significant uh, hit, and and the the um, that announcement in two thousand and ten, um, and we all understand um, the the stress that they were under and the struggles Absolutely. they were faced with. Yeah. Um, the, 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 that area is still being covered. Uh, however, it's being covered by uh, Boyle Grasslands and Plamondon now, I believe, and then the northern section out by the Fort McMurray. Um, uh, EMS crews that, that's an integrated service with the fire department here out of the regional municipality yeah. with Buffalo. Um, now we also do have uh, a rotary uh, uh, craft mm. as well through uh, Phoenix helicopters has been doing a lot of work uh, from the Northern section. How do we speed it up? There's been, there was a study done and I've actually got it right here in my hand is nothing's been uh, um, adopted yet. Um, but it was just released a couple of weeks ago, and a study was done for municipal affairs that uh, specifically on emergency response on Highway 63. Um, there's a number of recommendations that are, are coming out of that report. Um, I'm hoping to include some of the recommendations in my report as well. But uh, really, it's it's you're you're right, Ashley. We 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 want to um, we want to get to a position where we don't need emergency responders or first responders. Um, however, that's the reality is even in the wintertime, we're going to have weather initiatives. Um, the majority of the accidents that occur on Highway 63 are actually related to animals. Majority of, of fatalities are head on collisions. Well, so, but the majority of it, so there are um, accidents that occur with, with animals. There's uh, accidents that happen uh, due to weather. And uh, we, we're always going to need our first responders out there in our emergency services. So that uh, uh, there was there was a budget passed. There's a, a special, uh, and I think they have hired a position. Actually, it's a special um, uh, position that was just for someone to uh, put the response together, and uh, then an, an additional crew. And we may be looking at something like a roving crew. Who knows? But there's options. There are options out there. There's. Uh, uh, the dispatch has been established, and it's just a matter of putting the rest of it together. Excellent. No, that's and that's excellent. Um, I guess this is going to be our last caller. Uh, okay, no, one more. Okay, we're going to do one more after this. We got all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> all right, welcome to the Wyman Podcast. Who's on the line? Kelton. Hey, Kelton, how's it going? Kelton S. That's uh, going awesome. I have a question. Fire away, sir. Uh, being being asked on the and we lost Kelton. Kelton, you still there? Are you there? I hear him. I hear him. Hello. I don't hear him. No, maybe hey, he's you guys, gone. Hey. We're losing your signal, oh. Kelton. Come towards the light, Kelton. <laughs> to the light. And he's gone. I think we might. He might have just been dropped, or we got a bad signal, or something. It's cutting in and out. Oh, uh, oh, hang on. We got another. Oh, uh, it just, just ended. Keto, yeah. It just keto. Sorry, Kelton. All right, Kelton, just send us an email, and I'm sure someone will get back to you. Uh, so while we're doing their last caller there, uh, what else we got online there, Ash? Good question. Who? I believe we are currently calling. Oh, okay. So I've got Kelton's question, if you want to answer yeah. that while we're dialing. Sure. Um, Kelton, <laughs> he's going, call me back. Kelton wants to know... Um... What about railway for transportation of material or out-of-town workers? 
That's hey. something that uh, actually rail is, has been under discussion for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, rail is uh, uh, the line that comes up here is owned and operated by CN, and that would be a partnership along with uh, uh, and certainly transportation and energy and other departments have been um, working together with uh, CN and, and uh, industry to look at the options and what that would look like. Um, I think that's a future plan. It would be in the works, but that also wouldn't be a, a, a short-term solution. And it's interesting with the influx of fly and fly out. Like that seems to be the, the, the mantra for new oil sands projects. Hello. Hi. Okay. This is, um, Annie. Hello, Hello. Annie. Bye bye, Annie. <laughs> okay, we're back to what I was saying. That was Annie Lelivia. No, he wants to talk to you. No, okay. We, it, can we set it up not? We'll try one more time. Carry on with the railway. But anyhow, in the, in, yeah, no, but if we can't, if we don't have to set it up live on the mic, that'd be great. So you know that, of course, you know that uh, the the railway ends at uh, uh, currently ends at the Linton Yards, and mm. and uh, would have to go across the river, and there's you know there's others challenges as well. So I think there again, you're into a whole new design, and uh, and the, the, I'm not sure what the capacity of the railroad is right now or the current line. So there'd be, um, I, I'm not sure that that would be a short-term solution at all. And like I said, I was going to say the fly-in, fly-outs too, like for, I believe Kelton's question was out-of-town workers as well. And I think that uh, my opinions about affecting Fort McMurray aside, that does alleviate a lot of traffic on Highway 63 because essentially you're getting all these outside oil sands projects that have moved to a fly-in, fly-out. And I know the majority of their workforce, like we're talking thousands and thousands of people, like they don't even touch that highway either. So whether it's a trend that's going to continue, I'm sure it's proven to work. So I'm sure it's going to happen more often than not when we move into future projects. But well, fly in and fly out is significant for the um, construction of projects um, and for, but not necessarily always for the operations. operations. And uh, but when you're looking at uh, areas like Curl, the Curl Lake project, just the the straight commute time between Fort McMurray and, yeah. and their project is prohibitive to yeah. to having people living in Fort McMurray. Yeah, it all depends on location. It, it makes sense in certain applications, but mm-hmm. certainly as a region, our our hope and our our desire is to put in measures of transportation that allow people to live and mm-hmm. become part of the community Beautiful. in Fort McMurray. Yeah. And and uh, that would be, <laughs> yeah, but we also need to have the infrastructure here to support them. I was going right. to add that too, just the the whole idea of we still need to keep that quarter. And I mean, the twinning of 63 is still relevant to those who do live here. Um, you know, we have to travel back and forth for different medical reasons. And, you know, there's different yeah, facilities and in Edmonton and, and Calgary and other venues beyond that that we need to access. So, you know, it's a, it's a multifaceted approach, like we said in the beginning. There's many different angles that we can look at this from. All right. We got our last caller on the line. Hello. You are live on the YMN podcast. Hi. Hi. I just got a question from Mike. I was just wondering if where the money went for. I'm I, okay. for the twinning. I'm sorry. Which which money is this? Annie again? Yes. Oh hi, Annie. Um, well, the the money that was originally allocated is still allocated. Um, the the original allocation was for the first section, which was three hundred and twenty million dollars. Um, the, the the federal government uh, gave a hundred and fifty million dollars of that, so that's in this current three year capital plan. Um, the uh, there there wasn't ever any money allocated at that point because it gets budgeted and allocated in three year cycles. 
So this is part of what our acceleration process is going to do is is uh, allocate the the funding um, for the timelines that we're able to complete the twinning of the road. Does that I'm just answer your question? How much how much money are these passing lanes costing us? Like all the passing lanes that you're talking about that we have already put in. The Wouldn't one, it be cheaper just to twin the highway instead of keeping putting passing lanes and stuff? Oh well, I mean that will be happening at the same time. The the stuff that was happening in the past, though, uh, Annie was we were still going through a lot of the environmental assessments and and design of of the road. So there was money being spent, and there was money being uh, like for the clearing and and the 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 work was continuing. You just didn't see physical pavement going down. The the what it costs at the at the moment, it's about a million dollars per kilometer to add a. Um, a uh, passing lane in today's dollars as to what it was five years ago. It would, w- I'm sure it would have been a little bit less. Um, but those were temporary so measures. Cost- Sorry to cut you off, but you're saying it's costing more for these passing lanes than five years ago? Well, every year it costs a little bit more for labor and for materials. So uh, I'm not sure if if we're talking about spending $5 million today on a passing lane uh, six years ago, maybe it would have only been... Uh, four million or four point two. I'm I, I don't I wouldn't be able to give you those numbers. But what you're saying is like while the permits were going on and while all the the engineering work was being conducted, why not enhance the road? These were measures to, to to enhance it. It was not only not only passing lanes were appropriate, but also widening the road. Yeah. And I know I've seen situations. I've had situations myself where I've had to bug off into the oh, yeah. into the shoulder. To avoid uh, the famous picture with myself. the house in the hauler that came a couple of days after that tragic accident. Well, right? even that, just the last minute. Oh my God! Here's yeah. a vehicle coming over the horizon. Oh, yeah. you, yep, you get into the shoulder. So, yeah. um, it was a matter of making the the existing road safer um, while we were doing the other work. What do you think, Annie? I don't know. I'm I'm saying these passing lanes aren't going to cure any, anything because you talked about drivers before. You can't cure drivers. You can't cure stupid. And uh, I'm just more law enforcement. There's no nothing being done on the highway. I got my petition page going, and um, everybody keeps saying that there's nothing going on. So, well, I was I was driving up there today, and there was quite a bit of work going. Um... I drove down Highway 881 yesterday afternoon and uh, came back up Highway 63 today. And a lot of that was, um, we, we, we took a lot of um, a look at the, both roads as to what could be improved on, on both. Um, regardless of, uh, I mean, the, highways, the, the twinning is going to be accelerated to the best of our ability, but I, we still need to improve this road the at the same road. time. Which makes sense, right? Because we can do we can do some of these enhancements on Highway sixty three um, much much quicker than we can pave a section of road. And so, while this hundred kilometers, the first hundred kilometers, is scheduled to be completed by the fall of twenty fifteen, um, our hope is to be able to start now at the north and come south um, and do some simultaneous work. I'm not sure. Uh, there again, I can't give you exact timelines, but it's going to have to be broken up into sections, um, sections that are attainable and will be. There, there is no one contractor that can do it all. Yeah. 
And we have to do it in such a way as well that you don't want to have construction zone going up all 240 kilometers at the same time. And that's what I think the public wants in general is, is we want to see some timelines. We want to see milestone dates. We want to, we want to look yeah. for and, and see the action, right? Like I know it, it took a while for this year, especially after the, uh, the accident, but I know the last couple of times I went down south, you see the boys going hard, the boys and girls going hard on, on the, on the twinning down by one river. And I think that even that visual aspect of it, when people drive by is enough to go, okay, well they're working on it. We just want to keep seeing that and going on and, and, and seeing that forward motion. Right. The, um, anything else you have there, Annie? Hello. Hi. How can you hear you there? Can you hear us now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot for your comment there, Annie. Okay. Please go sign the petitions. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully they'll help. Absolutely. I think they absolutely will. And like, I don't know if you heard me at the start of the show, but I've been seeing them everywhere in town. And uh, yes, I've been actually. I'm doing all that myself. I'm printing everything, and I'm going around and collecting them. So I already have four thousand signatures, like Ashley said. So excellent. I'm keeping in touch with Ashley and letting her know. I don't think your work is going unnoticed. It's very much appreciated. Absolutely. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for And not uh, too bad. Like I said before, though, in my interviews and stuff, like since January, I've had that petition page, and I wish some. I, you know what I mean? Something, somewhere awareness or something would have came out of it and we wouldn't have lost another, like that tragedy wouldn't have happened, right? No, absolutely. You've done an okay, awful well, lot to bring more awareness to it, Annie. And um, I know. Well, I'm glad Ashley and Nicole did that rally and everything is going on to make people aware, like my son and how many other people before that I have had to pass before these seven others, right? No, we hear you. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. The, um, well, thanks a lot for the callers, guys. Uh, if Sorry we, if we couldn't get to you. I don't know if there's any more left in the queue, but we're kind of running low on time. So uh, actually, one more from the from the online, and then we'll get to some closing thoughts. Okay, I covered pretty much everything, except um, I just had someone ask, can you please ask if all the permits, engineering designs, and environmental concerns are now completed, and if it's just a matter of getting it done? That is my understanding. I believe there may or, there's one or two additional. We still have we're still compiling a list of any other obstacles um, that might be there. But those obstacles, any obstacles that we do have left or that are remaining, can be completed while we're doing the other work. So I don't believe there's anything that will further slow down um, uh, the project. The, the 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 permitting was a big one. And, the, and that was all part of the environmental uh, uh, assessment that had to be done. So, uh, but that, is, that was completed in, uh, in 2000. And I think finally all of our uh, permit applications were in by 2011. Okay. So it did take that long to have everything completed. Um, I really don't think that there's anything else that could delay us pending weather. And uh, there is a couple of uh, land acquisition issues to get through yet, still in the southern leg. Um, we're still dealing with some private land. And as you know, it's not always easy if you go to buy land from somebody and they don't want to sell it. <laughs> but uh, we, this we is are. Where things get expensive. Well, that's when we have to get into other measures. But it's, uh, it, is, uh, it is being worked on. And, and I just ask there again, we've got uh, two and a half weeks to go. Please be patient and uh, um, be I, engaged. I, don't, don't, I re- guess. Regardless of what happens, there's going to be communication after the fact. Yeah. And, uh, uh, can the road be completed in a year? It, it can't. It's not physically possible. 
um, we're working with a lot of groups to make sure that we get the right results and in as quick as uh, a fashion as possible. And uh, I just got to be clear, the premier told me, find a way to make it happen. Um, just to, guys, if there's any more questions or if uh, anyone has any other ways to, to that they want to interact with you, Mike, uh, I was actually going to suggest maybe get people to start emailing us some questions. Maybe we can sit down and do a, another podcast, maybe not live, but uh, maybe me, you, Tito, some other select people and Go through some questions, or is there ways that people can get a hold of you with their with their issues? You know, we can uh, anything that's. Uh, I guess I just want to do exclusive on this show. That's it, nowhere else. We can <laughs> we can do exclusive here. I, I I will say if people still want to be heard and they want to do it uh, uh, live, I am doing a live telephone town hall on uh, on Thursday. So when during the election, when everyone was complaining about all the robocalls. Um, guess what? You're going to get one on Wednesday night. Um, this Wednesday, you're going to get Robo a call, and back. it's going to—it'll be my voice, and it's going to say um, tomorrow night. At, uh, I'm, we're still finalizing the details. Okay. And I'm at this point, it's still tentatively for Thursday, but okay. we'll have a press release out uh, likely tomorrow, and it'll just say if we—if you'd like to participate, please stay on the line, and uh, if not, hang up. Um, but uh, it will be a telephone town hall that's being offered across the province. We'll have an 800 number. Excellent. Um, and that will be uh, posted as well. So it'll be on the Facebook pages. It'll be um, out as much as we can. And we can we can actually take up to a million callers on it, believe it or not. It's, so uh, answer it's, your phone. It's, uh, <laughs> so answer your phone. It's, it's, it's quite a technology, and we're trying to engage as many people as we can and get as much information out as we can. And that's one of the things I wanted to commend you on, Mike, is, is like I said, from, from my personal aspect, I can't, speak for anyone on this particular issue, but I know one of the things that was bugging me was the silence. Uh, to me, silence is deafening. It rings so true, especially when it comes to government. And I thank you for this in particular, because you literally uh, just came on a, a lowbrow, small podcast where we're quite literally in someone's garage, uh, hooked up mics, and we just took call-ins. Uh, so I think that's an amazing feat. Uh, Aileen, Matt, thank you guys very much, because this setup uh, was incredible, and thank you for coming. Uh, some final thoughts, guys, before we wrap this up. I, the one thought that I've had in my head uh, for the last little bit here is just that, uh, of course, people are upset. Tensions are running high. Uh, blood's running hot. And uh, people really do want to see the results. But I also think that we need to uh, realize how much progress has been made. I mean, prior to the to the galvanizing a tragic accident on April 27th. There's been so much work, so much thought that's been put into it. And since then, there's it's been it's exploded. It's been a flurry of activity uh, with the rally, with uh, this happening right now, with so many different Facebook pages, the petition, um, the several petitions. It's just, I know that everybody's upset. Everybody wants this thing twinned yesterday, but realize that good things have come out of this already and that it's, it's just going to continue to improve. Ashley? Either one. Which one? one? Maybe. <laughs> um, I'll go. I just have a, a few jot notes. I might be all over the place just from stuff we've discussed that I just want to mention and, and to touch on your point, like to see this come as far as it is, the communication that we have for us to sit here with Mike tonight to be able to discuss the issue. I think, uh, you know, it's definitely leaps and bounds from where we were. And I definitely want to commend Mike on that, uh, being able to communicate with you, even myself, being able to take all the commentary and all the conversations that have been had on the Facebook page, the website, the emails we've gotten and be able to communicate that in person. It's leaps and bounds from where we were, uh, you know, six months ago. So I, I definitely think that we're in the right direction and uh, to keep the lines of communication open, obviously is very important. Um, 
the other thing is, and, and I want to put the question out there, it's, it's total random in terms of the flow of conversation right now, but I'm curious to see, and I want people to email you guys and, and to start the conversation of what's going to be your tolerance level when we start the construction? Because mm-hmm. good point. Yeah, I, I've thought about that and we've had some discussions on it and I just want to see, because I know that around town, just to keep it short, you know, I'm, I'm more tolerant of construction because you see it all the time. You know, it's going to get there. You see the progress. Bridges are going down, coming up. You know, roads are being built. So are we going to have that same mentality when we get on 63? And when people say, you know, when you drive there, it takes an extra half hour. It takes so. an extra half hour. You know, we're going to utilize 881 more. We're going to increase the traffic on there. I definitely want to see that discussion happening because it's going to happen. I have faith that, you know, the twinning is going to happen. The community's there. Mike's support is behind us. You know, we're helping them put together this report. You know, all the suggestions are there. So I definitely want to throw that question out there and start that debate. I want to know where your head's going to be at when, you know, it's 50 kilometer an hour zone for 100 kilometers. Yeah. So uh, start that. I I just throw a wrench in there. But and then uh, obviously, you know, uh, just pitch the website, you know, twin63now.ca. Email us your questions and everything. And and just like Tatsy, we'll get that out there and we'll send them to you and we can all have that discussion to make sure that the communication is wide open and we keep talking about it. Absolutely. That's that's the most important thing. Ashley Kiwi? Um, I guess Final all, thoughts I, from the web? all I really want to say is like thank you to everyone who was posting in the chat today. I know it was a little bit iffy there with me trying to get your questions out and answer your questions. And I hope they were all covered. But like I said, I actually just commented um, in the chat. If you don't, if you didn't get your question answered, feel free to tweet us, Facebook us, email us, whatever you can. Um, and we'll try to eventually get your question answered. If, if not, then listen to what Mike said earlier about this phone and things. That sounds pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we're, halls. we're excelling. It's, it's, not something that's at a standstill anymore, but it's something that is progressing. And I think it's something that the community should be proud of because we all stood behind it and now it's on the go. So, Mr. Mike? I think. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to thank you, uh, Toddsky, for inviting me to come and do this and for everybody who, everyone else who put it together technically and, and uh, Steve, your commentary. Um, what was really important to me was to get engagement, get uh, people's thoughts and ideas, and uh, this doesn't have to stop here. So I'm 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 open to suggestions. Uh, I can also be emailed. Uh, my assembly email is Mike dot Allen A L L E N at assembly dot A B dot C A, um, and I I'm, I'm still compiling information and getting input. Um, I do ask though, please, please, please. I've had literally thousands. Um, I'm not going to necessarily be able to respond to everybody. And my preference is to please send me suggestions and ideas and proactive ways that we can um, that we can uh, move this ad- and advance it forward. Um, the criticism will still be, um, uh, you know, looked at and 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 read. I read everything, um, but uh, I, I think we're going to be a lot more proactive as a community if we come up with uh, ideas and ways to make it move forward. Uh, I'm not focusing on the past. I'm focusing on the future and how we're going to uh, drive this forward uh, and get it done. Well said, well said. Um, like I said, uh, I believe what's important to me, and I feel hopefully it's important to a lot of people, is communication. Uh, I believe we sat, uh, as a community, we sat in silence uh, from our provincial government for a long time. And I think like this town hall idea, Mike, is I think an absolute great idea, and especially to open it up provincially. Um, 
is perfect. I, I like doing these live stream podcasts because I like having the community talk to us. I like having the community talk to each other in one certain spot. And we do that anyway uh, via Twitter or Facebook or, or even hanging out on a Friday, Saturday night and, and over, a, over a couple of drinks just literally talking about the issues. And I, I think communication is absolutely key. And that's one thing to keep the movement alive absolutely. is discussions. Uh, some discussions can turn heated and, and sometimes you get the, the truth that way uh, as long as they remain constructive and instead of just being belligerent, which they can be known to, they can be known to happen. Um, like I said, guys, uh, well done. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for putting up with us on the chat. Uh, Matt, seriously, big, big thank you, sir. Uh, we literally just did a live call in show on a podcast from someone's garage. And I think that idea is absolutely incredible. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Eileen. Thank you guys. Uh, enough of me before I start crying, uh, for the, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> On behalf of Tito for the YMM podcast, I am Toddsky. I'm Steve Reeve. I'm Ashley. I'm the other Ashley. <laughs> and I'm Mike. We will see you next set. <laughs>